This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, it's expected there are more than 25,000 empty homes in Vancouver. And as of February 2nd, if you haven't declared whether or not your home is your principal residence or empty, well, you could face the empty homes tax, which was brought in by the city. My next guest, Dr. Rainer Borkenhagen, started the citizen group Unfair Vancouver Vacant Homes Tax Coalition and joins us on the line. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Uh, what are your concerns? I know some people have gone so far as to call this tax absurd. Uh, what concerns do you have with it? Well, I think it's way too broad. It, um, if it was limited to uh, being applied to truly empty homes that are purchased for real estate speculation, which was the original intent, then that's fine. But it's not. Uh, it sucks in people who use, uh, like myself, who use our uh, condominium regularly occupy it furnish it it's used by my family it's used by me i come i came in and out uh, I, we babysit uh, there's many reasons why we continue to use it uh, and we're sucked into this tax and and, and defined as our, our home being empty uh, right, because because you're in a situation, and like you said, there are others in the situation too, where you have a, a condominium in Vancouver, but your principal residence is outside the city. Yes, and that was uh, that was a decision we made four years ago. We we have a country place in Gibson's, and we spend more time there now. So we decided to use Gibson's as our principal residence as opposed to Vancouver. That's the only difference. And, and splitting your time between the two, I would imagine people that are in that type of scenario will be tempted then to just claim that the condominium or claim that the Vancouver residence is their primary residence and and get around paying the tax that way. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, people would do that. Yes, because it's not yeah. as though there's an empty homes tax in Gibson's, so it's okay if you don't if you're not claiming that one. Yes, that's true, but uh, but. Uh, there are other people, uh, for instance, there are people in Calgary uh, that are in the same situation. They may still be working, but they're looking towards retiring in Vancouver. They purchased a place uh, 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 in Vancouver, and so they're, uh, or let's say in northern in uh, northern BC, there's there's other localities that uh, um, represent um, people in our coalition that aren't you know as close by as uh, as uh, Gibsons, and so. If they do that, it's, it's a bit of a sham, but um, they could do that. Yeah. Have you taken your concerns to the city or tried to get any explanation as to why there's not a caveat or why there's not... Uh, um, because there, this is one scenario. There, there are other scenarios that we know of. Uh, Jane McDougall, a woman we've talked to here, who uh, is being taxed on an empty piece of land that's never had a house on it. Uh, the city owns empty homes that it isn't renting out. It's not taxing itself. Have you have you reached out to them or, or heard anything back from them on on this, uh, what appears to be uh, an uh, oversight? Yes, we have. As a coalition, we reached out to uh, the city. We uh, made some very positive suggestions about minor amendments uh, to uh, what they currently have as exemptions, and basically they're not interested. They see this as collateral damage, uh, unfortunate collateral damage. Uh, it's a bit heavy-handed. Hmm. It's uh, inherently unjust. It's not a tax. It's a fine. Uh we're not getting any services for this tax, uh, like municipalities when they tax things uh, normally. It's purely and simply a penalty or a fine. 
Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And it's an expensive one, too, because not only if you are found to make what the city will claim a false declaration, uh, the fine can be up to $10,000 a day as well as paying the tax. It can be. And it, uh, and the fine is at an, uh, the fine even without, uh, if you make a false declaration, but the fine itself is uh, way more than the... Um, you know the, the municipal tax that I pay on the, on that property already at one percent of the annually one percent of the uh, of the appraised value uh, it goes way beyond what the municipal what the, the actual municipal tax is for anybody else. Right, because and that's another thing too. Like you said, if somebody has purchased a retirement home or a retirement a condominium that they purchased it because you wanted to purchase it before the price went up by several hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you're still looking at the appraised value, you're still going to be dinged for thousands of dollars in taxes annually. Yeah, over and above the municipal tax. That's right. Uh, yeah. Will you continue fighting this, or what do you do next? Well, we're looking at our legal options. Um, one is we, we want the, um, the general population to know about this. It's not an entitlement issue. There's just something very inherently unjust about how broad this tax is being applied to. So it's not an entitlement issue. We're trying to uh, um, make the general public more aware of this. We've approached the city, and we've basically gotten nowhere with them. And so we're looking at our legal options uh, in terms of fighting this tax. Because I wonder, what would it look like then to have an exemption for somebody who's in a position like yours compared to somebody who's parked a bunch of money in a house in Vancouver, lives somewhere else, and would claim the same thing that, oh, well, we do come to the city twice a year, or we do host different events at this house, and that's why we want to keep it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, they, they, can, they can certainly broaden the exemptions. They can say, okay, um, um, Who's using, uh, if, if family uses it, uh, if it's occupied uh, regularly, um, um, if, it's, um, if it's furnished, um, uh, you know, various categories like that, uh, you, can, you can add that to the current exemptions, but they don't have any interest in doing that. They're, they're kind of seeing us as unfortunate, perhaps, but uh, necessary collateral damage. Well, it's unfortunate that people will will be caught up in this, and we'll have to make some tough decisions, I imagine, then, uh, rather than keeping or hanging on to uh, what was going to be a retirement place, uh, having to sell rather than, than pay eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 every single year. Well, it's true, but it's not just that people are hanging on as a potential retirement place. There's people that come in regularly, professional people, that need a place. They may not be coming in uh, six months a year, but they come in regularly. Um, Mining executives, um, you know, various various professional categories that come in regularly need a place. Um, um, people um, starting up a new business, things of this nature, but not currently even living in Vancouver. So there's a whole category of people that use, that use a place regularly, furnish it, uh, occupy it regularly, but not six months a year. And the way the current the way the way it's currently written is, if you have a secondary home. Unless you use it, no matter how, how much you occupy it, unless you use it for purposes of work, you're going to be doing this tax. Hmm. Well, uh, Dr. Borkenhagen, we'll continue to watch this and see uh, if things change, uh, if this becomes uh, an election issue. But I do appreciate you coming on the show today and talking more about it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, 
TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.